All right, we are back. You are listening to KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. My next guest is standing by to join us, Mugambi Jouet. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for calling in. You're welcome. So tell me about what it is that you are doing. I know you are up to a lot of different things. Uh, I put your info on my show blog. You're talking about your latest work, Exceptional America. Yes. So uh, my research focuses on uh, the roots uh, and ramifications of America's polarization at T.J. Stanford Law School. And how did that become a passion of yours? So I was always fascinated uh, with American society, partly because I grew up abroad in Paris, and I came mm-hmm. to America when I was 17 uh, to attend a college uh, in Texas, and I stayed on. And one thing that really struck me was not only the huge contrast between uh, America as a whole in France or other Western nations, but also the major uh, divisions within uh, the U.S. Uh, from Texas, I went on to New York, Massachusetts, Illinois, California, and I saw how American society is very divided about uh, a broad range of issues like universal health care, mm-hmm. abortion, gun control, climate change, so on and so forth. Did you ever think you would leave America, or when you got here, you were just hooked on staying? I've always loved America. I came here um, for the first time when I was uh, eight years old. Uh, mm-hmm. My father had become a professor in California, and uh, I always wanted to come back. I did mm-hmm. so many times as a teenager, and uh, living in the U.S., uh, I've always uh, appreciated it uh, there. So uh, even though I went back to Europe for a number of years before uh, teaching at Stanford, uh, I was always happy to come back. Tell me, what is your perception of why we are so polarized? America is very polarized over a broad range of issues due to unique dimensions of American history, culture, politics, religious beliefs, race relations, uh, economic attitudes mm-hmm. that have shaped, uh, in particular, what uh, I call a nexus of four factors of polarization, namely profound anti-intellectualism, fervent Christian fundamentalism, a visceral suspicion of government and racial resentment in parts of the country. And put together, these four factors uh, shape a very hardline, anti-rational ideology mm-hmm. that is uh, peculiar today uh, by U.S. historical standards and also by international standards. Were you surprised that Donald Trump took over after Obama? Yes and no. I had begun uh, my book well before he was elected, and mm-hmm. I had... Uh, explained that uh, the rise uh, of Donald Trump's movement uh, reflected much broader changes in American society that started uh, decades before him and also can be traced even to uh, the founding of the country in many ways. And therefore, in that sense, I was not surprised. Uh, That being noted, uh, because the polls indicated that he was likely to lose, uh, that surprised me to that extent. Oh, it surprised me as well. I mean, I think, uh, I know a lot of people were kind of scratching their heads saying, how did this happen? Yes, and a lot of people um, believe that uh, this is an entirely new uh, phenomenon, that the country was not really polarized uh, before uh, now, and that's not true at all. First, the country was very polarized under Obama, and also it was very polarized uh, under George W. Bush, and uh, even before, on, on a broad range of issues, uh, from uh, economics uh, with health care and cultural matters like abortion and 
um, foreign policy with uh, the war on terror. And this is really uh, a longstanding phenomenon. Now, I know you've been published in a lot of different places, from Slate to the New Republic, San Francisco Chronicle, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Has this always been a passion of yours to write about politics? Or where, where did it all begin for you? How did you become a writer? I always loved writing um, when I was a child and also when I was uh, in university. My uh, passion for analyzing things, uh, especially from a comparative uh, angle, uh, grew stronger. And uh, when I set my eyes on becoming um, a lawyer, and especially a human rights lawyer, I still was interested in um, international issues and comparative ones, and that shaped uh, uh, my path uh, to Stanford now. And, and how did you decide to become a lawyer? I always thought of the law as a means uh, of fighting for human rights uh, and uh, humanity, and therefore I became a public defender right out of law school, that is, a lawyer representing poor people who cannot afford uh, an attorney in the age of mass incarceration. also did uh, a lot of work uh, on death penalty and uh, research as well before uh, practicing uh, international law for uh, several years uh, in The Hague, uh, working on war crimes issues, uh, genocide, and crimes against uh, humanity. And ultimately, I decided to uh, move towards academia and focus on uh, comparative uh, human rights and comparative approaches towards democracy. It's interesting. I know uh, several of my friends who uh, were lawyers, and they kind of got burnt out. Uh, do you do you hear about that sometimes, where people, they go from one extreme to the next, they completely switch gears? It's uh, quite common uh, for people who do uh, public defender work or human rights work uh, to face challenges, uh, but also uh, they tend to be resilient, and that what's, uh, that, that's what drives them to, to do that work in the first place. Right. So let's talk about your book. What What made you decide to focus on, you know, certain specific goals in your book, and if you could talk about the book in general? One uh, goal of my book, uh, Exceptional America, What Divides Americans from the World and from Each Other, is really to try to understand uh, how America got to where it is, and also to uh, humanize uh, Trump uh, supporters by tracing uh, their ideology to broader social forces. Uh, That started uh, well before uh, he came on the scene, as I mentioned. And I think that for America to hopefully find a way out of this polarization, it's important to understand uh, how it happened. Uh, do you hear a lot of flack about, you know, when you talk about humanizing Trump supporters, do you have a lot of people that say, you know, I don't agree with you? Or what is, what's the, been the uh, feedback you've gotten? So far, so good. Oh, good. I think it's important uh, for, for people to uh, um, not uh, dehumanize uh, anyone, even people who they feel... Uh, uh, very much uh, opposed to, in the end, uh, we are all human. Mm-hmm. And it's also important to understand uh, what has shaped uh, people's views. And that's also uh, the perspective of a great American thinker whose influence uh, has been felt around the world, uh, Martin Luther King, oh, yeah. uh, when he uh, stood up uh, against uh, racial segregation. Uh, he still called for uh, trying to humanize uh, people who supported uh, these policies, uh, mm-hmm. not because he was naive, but he felt that uh, there was a broader uh, struggle for humankind and that you could humanize people without uh, failing to recognize uh, the oppression of uh, racial segregation. Do you think there'll ever be a time when we won't be so polarized or less polarized? 
for the time being, I don't see uh, the polarization abating. Mm-hmm. It's true that on one hand that Donald Trump uh, has uh, low approval ratings uh, by historical standards for uh, an incoming president. At the same time, he has still a very strong approval rating among uh, Republicans, uh, 80% uh, or so, according to Gallup. And uh, there still is, still is uh, a major clash in American society in terms of how to think about government, religion, women's rights, uh, race, uh, human rights, uh, so on and so forth. And on top of that, there's a major factual divide that splits Americans uh, with regard to uh, all these issues. And until there's at least uh, a common nucleus of facts about which people can agree, uh, it's very hard to see the country uh, moving towards uh, less dramatic uh, polarization. If uh, many of the people say, think that climate change is a hoax uh, invented uh, by scientists or um, promoted by the United Nations to oh, undermine no. the American economy, the types of uh, conspiracy theories that um, major politicians uh, have floated, mm-hmm. uh, there can be a real debate about how to address climate change. Right. So what's next for you? Are you working on another book, or are you lecturing? What, what's going on with you? Well, I'm exploring other aspects uh, of America's uh, evolution, its democracy, and uh, there may be a future book, but that's still a secret. That sounds good. <laughs> Where can people get in touch with you? So the book uh, can be found on Amazon. If you search for Exceptional America, it should pop up, and I'm also uh, easy to find online. Any advice for people that are uh, working on a book, they're struggling? Uh, The theme of my show is Get the Funk Out. So perhaps they're in a creative funk or they're getting pushback saying, you know, gee, that's kind of controversial. What are you writing writing that for? It's important for authors to find uh, the right balance between uh, being uh, resilient and and, uh, being uh, willing to push through adversity and also being being willing to uh, be pragmatic and and listen listen to feedback to get... uh, from people. Overall, uh, being a, a writer is a, a very challenging task, but uh, one needs to be resilient. I agree. I agree. Can people find you on uh, Twitter and Facebook? Yes, absolutely. I am on Twitter at Mugambi Jouer. Perfect. And I've got all your info up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Thank you so much for calling into the show. Thank you so much. I enjoyed talking with you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Mugambi Jouer who is talking about his latest book, Exceptional America. He's a Stanford Law School professor, and he's author of this latest book, Exceptional America, What Divides Americans from the World and from Each Other. If you missed any part of our conversation, it will be up on the show blog within an hour or so after I wrap. And again, that's getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. We'll take a little break, and then I have two more guests joining us. Some additional authors, Tasha Urich, who's going to talk about her book, Insight, Why We're Not as Self-Aware as We Think and How Seeing Ourselves Clearly Helps Us Succeed at Work and in Life. And also, Dr. Leah Waters, who wrote a book called The Strength Switch, How the New Science of Strength-Based Parenting Can Help Your Child and Your Teen to Flourish. Two great authors right here. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. If you want to follow me on Twitter, just visit moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. I'm also on Facebook at Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, Bernstein, B-E-R-N-S-T-E-I-N. The show blog is Get the Funk Out Show. 
www.kci.org. And if you'd like to find out about being a guest, just send me an email to Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, at KUCI.org. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.